Welcome to another episode of the Side Eye. I am Robert Brown, Uptown Bobby, whatever. Like, <laughs> just you can call me anything. Just, just be nice. Uh, and I am K Clark, um, aka Shoot. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, trying to think of something. Mm. Mr. Buzz, <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> <Older> Man, <laughs> but uh, yeah, welcome back. Uh, it hasn't been too long since we left y'all. We're back again with another episode. Pretty much light content for the most part, you know. It's quarter four. Um, we just kind of like going with the motions, you know, talking about. The stuff that's out right now and music and pop culture and the like. Yeah. Uh the Creed three trailer dropped. And are, are you a fan of the Creed franchise or were you a fan of the Rockies that came before it? Uh I didn't watch the Rockies. Uh at all really at all. I mean I knew of them because they're in pop culture, but I, I don't I don't remember like um watching any of them growing up really. Uh, you know, I knew the basic I think the basic story of like they've been the first one, but other than that, not really. So yeah, well, as for me, yeah, like like you like you laminated on this show. Rocky is like a hundred percent straight boy uh <laughs> cinema. Yeah. And it's kind of like a rite of straight boy passage to watch it. Like oh, okay. um so like I watched the first one because you know, like you said, it's in pop culture lore, like the yo Adrian, the running up the steps, the eye of the mm. tiger. Um, it's just when you think of boxing and movies, the first thing you think of think about it is uh Rocky. So, yeah, I was a fan, and when I I remember I saw the uh, promo for the first Creed, I was excited. I know some people were skeptical, but I was excited. And then Ryan Coogler was in charge of it, and I was really excited about that because, you know, he's a very uh, tapped-in director. Like, he's young. He's cool. You know, he, he doesn't make movies just to make movies. You know, he's trying to make movies that are like a time capsule. You know, he's trying to um make it authentic you know he's not he's not corny you know he kind of reminds me of like a the generation when they you know spike and uh singleton and those guys cool was trying to carve his own lane so I, I was i was all behind it and now we're on the third one which is directed by michael b jordan i think this is his directorial debut mm-hmm. um his director might be better than his acting already because uh mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I, here's the thing. Here's my thing about Michael B. Jordan. <clears throat> I remember him from Hardball and The Wire. And mm-hmm. I thought the kid had potential. And then, you know, he got older. Uh, kind of, I guess he lived. And then he came back to movies or whatever. And um, Then he had, he didn't really take off until he got, like, the body. Because that's what kind of took it well, next yeah, level yeah to me um because i know he gets comparisons sometimes when at least as far as the the, the sex in part it gives he, he gets comparisons like to denzel but to me that's always been a bit of a, a um a misread to me he's, he's much more of a, a no that's not, not that's not shade it's just like a it's much more of a misread because it's has been more of a will smith uh in terms of like um how it comes across to me when i see him it's like yeah the body is there but like it's to me, it's always like you know, sci-fi geek trapped in the body of an action star. Like yeah, that's a, it's, it's his presence is similar similar to Will in that sense. Kind of, like I can tell that. Well, yeah, I think I think there's a I think it's a bit of charisma. I think he's just very introverted, honestly. I think that's what I, I think. 
people the, the physical uh his physicality to kind of distracts from that and i think uh, by i see really like a, a someone who's very introverted and who probably will be playing more like play play be playing different roles if he didn't have if he didn't lean into the the body aspect of it you know because because denzel has a different presence it's, it's a different thing like I couldn't ever, I couldn't ever imagine Denzel being a sci-fi geek. You know what I mean? No, he's he's not in Denzel League at all. I, you know, what I bet somebody in terms of presence, you know. Oh no, not at all. Like he didn't. To me, he doesn't really have a presence. Like he's, I, I really think him getting that big for this. I think he got that big for Creed. Or it, I know, uh, I know, Fantastic Four. He said he kind of. You know, got in good yeah. shape, but I think Creed he took it next level. Yeah, I think Creed and Black Panther was kind of the one two of like really leaning into the, the body part of it, right? And it paid off for him. You know, it got him to the the table. But I do think he might want to take more roles like uh, Jess Mercy and stuff like that, where he can actually like kind of show his acting chops mm. versus you know uh, having to lean into the physicality. Because I think there's still another level he can hit as an actor. Mm. Um, and oddly enough, uh, in this movie, he's paired with Jonathan Majors, who mm. has, I don't want to say came out of nowhere, but the nigga is a star now. Mm. You know, he was somebody who was like up and coming, but now he's like here, you know. Yeah. Um, he had his um, pretty much coming out party with uh, Lovecraft Country. Mm. And now he's, he's in Marvel, he's in the MCU now. It's like the nigga is eating. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know if the credit his agent or what. Now he's they he's like in this phenomenal shape. He's mm. already you know in good shape. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I, and that's an interesting contrast because I just said it about Michael B. Jordan that you know he's like you know sci-fi geek trapped in by the action star. But with Jonathan, I don't feel that. I feel like you know, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't make the Denzel comparison, but it's like the, the body is there, but the body seems um, secondary to the you know to the. His presence is different. He's different on, yeah. uh, on camera than Michael B. Jordan. It's, it's, he has a certain uh, uh, gravitas. Yes, yeah, uh, just just different. He got an mm-hmm. impactor. Like mm-hmm. uh, I like I like him in this because he's able to like play like a villain because mm-hmm. he's like the villain in this movie. He pretty much plays like because if you, if you're not if you haven't seen the first one, uh, our character Creed is the son of Apollo Creed, but Apollo Creed really didn't claim him. He was kind of like an illegitimate child. Got caught up in the foster system. Then he gets rescued by um, Apollo Creed's wife. Well, mother. And they kind of go through the motions. She raises him. Uh, He decides to be a boxer. Kind of like stumbles into it. And he has this past that kind of in the second one they don't really mention, but then uh, third one it comes, you know, chickens come home to roost. And Jonathan Major's kind of like, you know, I'm coming to take everything. Mm-hmm. So, and Jonathan Major's the villain, which is good. I guess that's his thing now since he's like a uh, Kang the Conqueror in the MCU. So we're going to see him play a villain more. But this villain has depth because uh, clearly there's some backstory that we're going to get in the movie about maybe him feeling slighted or maybe him getting like, you know, uh, just not appreciating the fact that Creed made it out and he didn't. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to see it. Um, hopefully Michael B. Jordan is able to capture the nuance of that and not make it so black and white. Like, you know, nigga, you, you know, you made it and I didn't. Mm-hmm. So now I'm just going to take creatine and beat you up. 
Uh, judging from a trailer, it seems like it does. It's like it hits on that kind of thing where, on the one hand, he feels a bit of a, a bit of survivor's guilt, talking about uh, Creed's character, Creed. Uh, but on the other hand, he, he wants to protect what he has now because now he's like, you know, he's got a family now, he's married, you know. And so it seems like that push pull of like, you know, wanting to sort of do right by somebody from your past, but at the same time, uh, wanting to protect what you have now. So it does seem like he seems to hit on that sort of uh, that come that. That uh, complexity. Oh, that's a good, <laughs> that's a good uh, word. Mm-hmm. Made me think about Kendrick Lamar's uh <laughs> song on the butterfly. But yeah, uh, that's that's the nuance, that's the balance, and mm-hmm. hopefully he's able to execute it. Uh, well, do you? I hope it's the last one because it ended up being like, I think six Rockies in all. Yeah. So hopefully this is the last chapter of the Creed. Uh, Movies. Um, do you like the movies? I actually do. I, I do. I mean, uh, I like the fir- first. I like the first one. It was good. <laughs> Sorry, and the second one I like. I liked as well. Um, I mean, yeah, they they were better than I thought. Than I thought they would be my first watched them. So, uh, yeah, I do like the movies. I mean, I I don't know if I put them like as my film my favorites, but they are. I mean, they're enjoyable. You know, right? Uh, Entertaining. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely shades of. I guess. Rock, not only rocky, but um, maybe uh, a slight not as not as dark, but like a bit of a raging bull in there too, as far as like the boxing okay. and 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 the and the and the you know him and the, well not quite because that dynamic between him and Tessa Thompson is not quite like quite the same as it was in Raging Bull, which is you know firmly a straight boy movie. But all all Martin Scorsese's movies are like that, <laughs> most of them. Once <laughs> but they but they they fall into that a lot of them, you know. Even though I do like them, you know, Goodfellas and everything. And, Wolf of Wall Street and everything else. They, they did fall into that trope that I've talked about previously. Um, we, we're going to have to have an episode we talk about like to just to break, just break down the genre of straight boy movies and <laughs> the ones, the straight boy movies that work for you and the straight boy movies that don't work for you. I think, I mean, I think the ones that work for me are the ones where it just, it just feels like it's just, just a, a story is being told. Like, Creep, like these, I guess these will be falling that. I mean, Clip, clearly is told from, uh, Creed, who you know, all his purpose we know is, is identifies as straight and as a man. It's all it's all from his point of view, and it has those those things that I've mentioned before. But it doesn't feel like it's, it's being. It doesn't feel like a. Uh, it doesn't feel like a, 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 a boys' club thing where it's like you know this is men do what men do, and you know those who don't fit this this image, I'll go over there. It, it doesn't feel like that. When when it feels like that is when, it, when I will classify it as, as one that doesn't work for me. When it feels like it's a, it's it's like when it, when it takes a sort of defensive pose, you know. Mm, I was gonna say do the fast five, do the fast and furious movies feel like that, but they have women in it. Yeah. Well, I mean, they, they they can have women in them, but do the women actually have stories outside of the men, you know, or do they? Or are they? Or are they pictures like? Are, are they? Are they shaping to be like I'm a guy's girl? I'm not like other girls. I'm a guy's girl. You know that, those type of things. You know, you know not that not that tough women don't exist, but you know what I mean. Like the women who just don't. They 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 basically get, make them men, but with but 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 presenting as you know women, I guess if that makes sense. Um, which I, I haven't watched Fast and Furious since like part two, maybe three. So <laughs> oh damn, yeah, I, I haven't. I watched the fifth one, but I haven't. Yeah, I haven't kept up with that franchise. But I, I think they, I think they go. I think they're straight boy films, but they're more inclusive. If that makes mm. sense. Oh yeah. But yeah. I can think of something like that though, like those jackass movies. 
Yeah, but uh, yeah, some of the, okay, oh, yeah, another one. <laughs> I was thinking of another, but it didn't come. It, it lost me. Uh, but yeah, I just like I said it. The ones I guess quote unquote work or where it's just like a story that's being told, you know, from I guess a, a straight man's point of view. But it's just like this is this person's story. It doesn't feel like you know. It doesn't feel like you know like uh, them shouting from the rooftops, shouting from the mountain. I'm like I'm a man. I do what men do. Like you know what I mean. Like that that type of, that type of feeling too. It's just here's a story around this person. This person happens to be you know a straight guy, and they and it's just they have their they have their journey and they have they go through the ups and downs and they come out the other side of it. it doesn't necessarily have to have. Um, a gay or a bi character or a trans character in there for, for me to enjoy it. It's just that it, it has to feel like it's just a story being told, not like a a, a defensive, like a certain type of uh, masculinity in a way, you know? Right, right. I, I guess you could say it's kind of like how you could watch a movie with like a pretty much white cast and it doesn't feel like it's like just, um, it, you, could, it, you could enjoy the movie without necessarily having to see representation of yourself in it right I like uh like, yeah like a prime example that would be like mad men like are there a lot of black people yeah. mad men no but that's no. kind of the, that's kind of the point though the point is it's a show yeah, mad men is a show about these upper, upper middle classes really wealthy white folks living through this era who are very insulated from what's happening they don't, they don't they're not on, on the streets getting sprayed with the fire hoses and burning their bras because they're they're most of them are cut off from that world. I mean, there are black black characters here and there, but like it's not, you know, it's, it's not really focused on them. It's focused on these people and how they're sort of living through this this period of history that we think we all know so well. So that that right. yeah, so that that the, that's what yeah, that is that's, it doesn't it's not an issue for me that they don't have, necessarily have a lot of black characters or a lot of gay characters. You know, there are a few here and there. Um, Sal in particular. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I guess it's a, it's the same. Yeah, I would apply the same thing to that, like the Wu Tang series. You know, it's a, I joked about it, but it's, it's a good series overall. And plus, I mean, plus it is based on on true events, so you know, um, I wouldn't expect, necessarily expect them to drop, you know, a gay character in the midst of the show if that wasn't really what happened. In, in their, you know. Right, right. So, but yeah, I, I guess it's like a more to me. I guess I don't know, something that can necessarily. Um, uh, I don't know if quantify is the right word, but it's just more of a feeling. Of, uh, it depends on the tone. Like I think Wolf of Wall Street definitely, definitely veers closer to the thing I'm talking about, where it's like it's like they're not, not necessarily a, a defense of, of a certain type of masculinity, but it's like it's a. I, I get what you're saying. It's a big attempt to be like, I'm a man. Him yeah. more. Um, look at me. I'm snoring cocaine. I'm yeah. Like, <laughs> I banged yeah. my hot wife. Yeah, it's like it's it's all the all the tropes of like you just like the this cartoon version of like of like what it means to be a man, which I guess that's what they, that guy his, his life was about, uh Jordan Belford that they based it on. Um and it is it's, it's I guess it's it's almost like if all right, if like a character character on pose, the women on pose, the trans the trans women who are on pose, if pose it takes the time to tell their stories and make them the main characters. I feel like if Electra was on with Wall Street and it had, and it had come out in 1990, she'd be like this. She'd be be some freak they would make fun of and 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 laugh off. Yeah, I see that. You know what I mean? Whereas Nat, whereas in Poe, it's the opposite. They, everything's told from her perspective, and she's given uh, complexity and depth and, and nuance. Yeah, it made me think about what's an example of that. Well, yeah, it made me think about like how you have a like a. You know how like a lot of black comedies would have like a gay character, mm-hmm. and he would just be kind of like the joke, mm-hmm. or like the plot, like the funny, like the you know, like the comedic yeah. uh, relief. 
but yeah so yeah something like that yeah so, so yeah. i guess yeah yeah definitely like you think all those movies like all those classic movies that everybody brings up that they're all great like you think of um uh like the wood or um or, uh, uh friday after next remember Pri- how weird that was <laughs> yeah again that was a <laughs> that was a common thing it was happening in players left too like why you got these why y'all always have a, 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 a gay characters uh, raping folks a <laughs> one to rape folks you know um because you had Ronnie in Players Club, she, you know, you had her and then you had uh, Damien in, in Friday After the Next, yeah. So I guess, yeah, just that uh, whole idea of, like, uh, mm-hmm. this creating these universes where, like, you know, of course there's black, there's uh, gay people in uh, in South Central. Of course there's um, gay people, uh, the guys that in the wood would have went to school with a gay guy, but but at the same time, at the, in that era, because these are Gen X movies, pretty much, you know, it, it probably would have been very much, oh, y'all over here, we over here, you know, they probably would have had get people in their life anyway. It's just something that it's just that whole thing of like guys coming up and feeling like you know their gay friends over here or they didn't know about it until they got older. You know, it's, it's just it, it's just something that they, they wouldn't have portrayed maybe in the same way they maybe would have now. Maybe with with some with a, with, a, with a movie that came out now that was like the wood or you know I don't know. You know, it's just cause it's just like. I can see that because I can see those guys not necessarily hanging around a young gay person in their they went to their school in a neighborhood, but at the same time that person did exist. And that person it actually makes me think of something that Billy Porter just said. He was on Van Lathan's uh, podcast. Van Lathan, I can't think, of, and actually has a course too, but I can't think of her name at the moment. Uh, oh, yeah, talking about higher learning. Is it called higher learning? Something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, I know you're on the radio. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, they asked him about hip hop, and he basically said he said like they said, do you, do you ever? Um, what do you think about when we, when these stories come out about like people like uh, the baby and Boosie making comments? He said like he said I don't know them. <laughs> he said I don't know them niggas. He said and he said uh, oh, I don't say niggas. But he said I don't know them. But he, and he said and it's because when hip hop for him when hip hop first emerged, um, he he said his, to his his to quote him he said first message was killed was fucked with the police and the second message was killed the fact. And I think that wasn't it wasn't necessarily in that order. But I get what he's saying as far as. Yeah, homophobic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, especially his era. He's he's the same age as like you know Ice Cube or Jay Z. So, you know, eighties, nineties, late nineties, early two thousands. Like his, there there was really nobody um, in rap. Certainly not any male artists that were coming out, you know, and speaking out against um, uh, homophobia or transphobia. So I get why he basically said like I just cut myself off from the culture to save myself. So I get why he'd be like, yeah, y'all keep that. I'm going here with the boom cat cat. You know. so and I think about that and I think about like my, we mentioned those movies that would have came up that basically would, would have been uh, characters that were, were around his age yet you know he's not they're not seen it's like it's like they don't exist in these neighborhoods and in these scenarios even we know they we know that they do we do obviously um, so yeah uh, but all that to say you know I, it's, I guess it's, it, to me what it comes down to what makes a quote unquote bad <laughs> straight boy film is that or straight boy show is that is a tone. It's a tone or it's just a story we're telling that happens that with a straight person at the center, or are we trying to like defend a certain masculinity and beat our chest to say we're men, mainly men, men, and we don't, we don't, we don't uh, do that. I think you're seeing. I think I will say I think you're seeing less of that, but it's definitely something that that is still in the quote unquote culture. Is there a way to do both? Like, can you do, like, can you have a, a straight boy movie that um, is obviously for, well, it's told from a straight male's perspective, and it's a bit, um, it's a bit, okay, so 
what I'm trying to say is, can a straight boy movie do both? Can it have like, I guess, a character that's just I don't even know how to put it. Like, there's like, um, like on like you know, like at The Rock, you know, like the Dwayne Johnson type shit. But also, it had like some balance and nuance in it to where you could like appreciate the the characters and stuff. Like, or is it just like either? It's either here or there. Well, I think that yeah, I think you can if you if you show this person as 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 a a full human being. Because really, what what happens is with I said this um actually on a podcast, local podcast, a couple months ago, Pride Month, and I said like I think uh homophobia doesn't just affect gay men, doesn't affect doesn't affect me, but also affect straight men because under homophobia and and and, and patriarchy, whatever else, you know, it, it makes men in general you know whatever this sex variety have to fit into this box of like you know you have to walk a certain way you have to talk a certain way you have to dress a certain way men don't do this men don't do that you know all those memes of like guys eating popsicles but uh by cutting off cutting other parts with a knife you know just things like that 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 uh, anything to avoid being called quote unquote suspect and so what it does is that it shrinks people down to these almost caricatures of mass of being of what masculine means so if I think you can't have it both ways in the sense that if you betray someone, say like a, The Rock or even someone like a Michael B. Jordan who fits like fits the mold of what quote unquote man is supposed to be, you know, you can combine those sort of old school, let's say, you know, 90s movie uh, ide- ideals of like, you know, the guy that comes in and saves the day and gets the girl. You can, if you can combine those elements, the action elements with an interior life. Like, you know, show him being vulnerable, show him being afraid, show him being unsure, show him being sensitive and loving you know show show both the, the quote-unquote masculine outside behavior you know as far as like get stand up and fight and being the guy because that's like that's exciting i mean it's, it's they call them action movies for a reason you know um so that you can show that side of things but also show show the interior show that show that you know this isn't just he isn't just raw time but also show the sensitive side of somebody because that exists that exists in men in real life so show that on screen that that's what make, that's what makes a person you know yeah, and I, I I think the Creed movies do a good job of showing mm-hmm. him beat people ass in the ring, and then showing like the humanity in this character yeah. as well. Uh, it's been a good balance of that. Yeah, that's why I said I think that's why it makes him enjoyable because it's not just like you know, it's not just he's fighting to get the girl and and be the guy. Is uh, he also he also has, he also like is dealing with abandonment from his dad and trying to feel like he has something to prove and feel like you know it's like. Other things in there that that go beyond just just like the outward appearance, like wanting to be the guy. Because you could be a gay man and have those same abandonment issues or issues with which with with a parent, or feel like you have something to prove. You know that that transcends uh, sexuality. Right. Keep talking. You're just like the same. Okay. Just like the same way, like uh, insecure. Obviously, we're both guys. It's not necessarily made made for us in mind as far as like the main perspective, but. There's things in there like Molly feeling feeling undervalued at work that I related to, or um Issa being like socially awkward and, and you know and trying to like figure out her her what she wants to do with herself and her dating life and, and everything else. Hey, like those things I mean you could be a guy and watch those things and relate to that, you know. Yes, you know, that's a great example. Mm-hmm. I told Kevin to keep talking because I live in a train and when it comes, it's like <laughs> loud and shit. So I didn't want to be rude and just have dead air. So I muted it. But yeah, that's behind the scenes stuff y'all don't know about. But um <laughs> Yeah, that's a great example because there were so many people, like men, like after insecure, and someone said, "Well, when are we getting the male insecure?" It's like, nigga, you don't need that. Like, and then they were men on the show. Like, <laughs> well, I was. I yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. I would just say, uh, one, I just feel like that would be kind of boring, and then like 
also, like you said, like it, it kind of goes back to like your idea, like straight boy TV. How could you execute that the same way Insecure did without with making it good? You know, and then long term, and I and I feel like Insecure did a good job, even though like core, like basically Insecure was a love story. Mm-hmm. It was a love story with romantic love and platonic love. That was the core of it. And then you had with the plug with the romantic love it was obviously with a man, and the platonic love was with her friend. And throughout the show, you saw her experience that romantic love with different men. And I think having those male characters be so vulnerable as well, and have their shit, their baggage, and all that, it was a good way to give men a way into watching the show as well. You know, because like you said, those. The elements you can relate to, because my favorite season was the fourth season. Mm. Was there was the one with the basically the friendship season? Yeah, mm-hmm. was that season? Yeah, that was my favorite season because I just felt like that story was just so good mm. uh, overall. But yeah, I, I just felt like you don't need to make a male version of Insecure because I just don't think it would hold up the same. And also, Insecure did enough to give it had enough men in it to I think give men that uh-huh. if that makes sense. I, I mean, I wouldn't, well, I can't speak for straight men, but I, I, I wouldn't say it was, it's un, I was, that's I'm assuming they would, they would say they would, they would want a male version of Insecure. Uh, I think, I wouldn't say it's unnecessary because, I mean, you could, because t- obviously, you know, it's on so far that, I mean, yeah, she, I think Issa, that's, obviously uh, Princess Penny was a showrunner and she had male writers in the, on, in the show and things like that. Uh, but I think this still could be a value with having that same type of show was told from like a male's perspective. But, it gets back to what I'm saying is that what makes it makes it comes down back to the tone. What makes it a quote unquote good street boy show in, in a bad way is the tone. If the tone that those same men are looking for is like they want like you know we're guys and and you know we don't cry over, we ain't crying over these over these uh, girls and you know and, and and we ain't doing this we do it. If it's about if it's about just showing like you know be cool and we, and we and we got everybody and we got you know, we and we, 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 we with this one and that one and 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 not showing the mess. Not showing the internal life, then you can keep it. And, and you know, if, if if it's about really showing like insecure show the internal side, the messiness, the journey, showing the friendships between guys and and how and how sometimes they they fall short, and particularly between uh, um, Lawrence and uh, Chad, you know, because it's all that at certain points Lawrence trying to say like, hey man, if you heard of what happened, and he's like, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, like that that whole thing of like, you know, this is why men don't have trouble maintaining friendships because that fear of being vulnerable and really opening up to somebody and getting close to somebody. And I feel like, feel like you know, will they, will they be willing to betray that? Because, you know, once you start betraying men, being really, really close and being intimate, then all of a sudden the rumors start over. But they, they friends are what they fuck, you know? You know what I mean? Like, just like, <laughs> if, 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 you really, if you really want a male version of security, you need to show deep male friendships, you know? And, and that's what Insecure was about. I, it was about a deep friendship along with the love story but also a deep friendship and to really show that you have to go beyond just like talking about sports and whatever else you know yeah because that's the thing deep male friendships exist but they're kind of boring because men because most most men i i heard this from a, a psychologist he was talking about the way men and women make friends he's like women um women maintain their friendships face to face and men maintain men he said women talk face to face and men like to talk like shoulder to shoulder. Like mm-hmm. men like to talk like while doing stuff. Like I guess he said mentioned like that's why men like playing sports, you know, together. That's why men like 
like, you know, uh, building shit together, shit like that. We're like, when women can just sit down with tea and, uh, you know, a drink or ketchup over lunch. But also, it was mm, like, it was like when men, <laughs> it was also like when men, they have to be doing something to be like, uh, able to like talk and communicate and all that. And I was like, at first I dismissed it, but then I started thinking about sometimes, like, some of my like male relationships, I'd be like, damn, a lot of times it do have to be shit like that. Like, we have to be like doing shit. For like us to like kind of bond or like, like really uh be vulnerable or whatever. Because sometimes when you're talking and it's just you and a guy, it's like, well, what the fuck we finna to do? You got like you gotta have something. You gotta be playing the game. You have to be watching the game. You have to be at a game. There's very few moments where you and a guy just sitting in a row and y'all just talking, and it's just like, oh okay, like <laughs> at least for me, you know, I think uh. You and a few other guys, I I could do that with, but most of them I would have to be like doing shit. Do you think that comes from like a, a, a sort of like a again back to that sort of fear of, of vulnerability and really just sealing with each other and sealing with with each other's feelings, or is that just I something think, that this is unique to, to guys or something? I don't know. I, I don't want to say it's unique to guys because I don't want to be like speaking for every guy, mm. and I also um, I don't know. I don't know why it's like that because. Like I said, it's very few men that I've just been able to sit with and just talk. And it didn't it didn't involve playing a video game. We weren't watching the game. You know, it was just silent with us. Like mm. very few and I think some men are scared of it because it maybe <laughs> it's too intimate. Mm, you know, maybe that's what, that's what I think it is, honestly. Right. Yeah. But women can do that. Like women, I think women well, have an easier time just doing it versus well, men. I don't yeah. know. Well, at least you know, I think in the West, I think men are uh Women are socialized to be in touch with their emotions. Now, I think to me, I think they're socialized to be in touch with their emotions so they can serve everybody else emotionally, <laughs> you know. But women are encouraged to express the full range of emotions to a degree. I mean, you know, anger, you know, be too angry, then people say crazy or hysterical as a woman. Mm-hmm. So there's that. And, and maybe not uh, ambition, because that's, that's another one that people, you know, have a hard time accepting in women. But for the most part, you know, happiness, joy, uh, being able to express fear, vulnerability, you know, anxiety, things that are things, at least for the most part, I know, you know, with black women, there's a whole thing of, you know, you got to be strong, got to be strong, girl, and people are pushing back against that, you know, so there's that. But in general, I think women are encouraged to uh, have access to the emotions more than men are. Um, and so I think that's what it plays into the, the whole thing of having to, having to do something. Like, it's, like if you, you know, I think if you, I guess, call up your friend and a friend and be like, hey, man, you want to talk about whatever? And, and like, uh okay man like you want to like wanna watch the game or whatever you want it's like it's like you have to have a, a thing to do so it's not just y'all talking about feelings because you know because you just talking about because it's like you're talking about feelings like well I, I guess to me i think i think it's maybe it's a, a twinge maybe a, a smidge of a of um i want not maybe say homophobia but like of like I guess I think I would maybe I wouldn't I mean you say necessarily some, I mean some guys it could come from that place but I think it comes from comes from fear of, of seeming uh mm-hmm. too, fem, too feminine or too soft the idea maybe, that you, uh, you want to check, check in with somebody and, and talk about their feelings and how they're feeling it's like you know that whole aspect goes back to that pushback like I'm good I'm good that whole that whole thing yeah because yeah. it's kind of like another like a like a man like there's a lot of men don't talk on the phone like with other men mm-hmm. like I, mm-hmm. I have a few friends that I could do that with but now I tell you, if you call a man and it's like not what's going on? Or, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what's going on? What's up? What's up? Mm-hmm. And it's like very quick. It's like very few times. It's very few men that I can have long conversations with on the phone. You mm-hmm. know, 
Um, I, I think catching up might be the catching up or like having like life changing news mm-hmm. is like uh, some of the few things that, but, but most men don't want to talk on the phone like that. So it's, and you know, women stereotypically can talk on the phone all day, but mm-hmm. you know, um, yeah, it's, it's weird. And it's something I've been really trying to like wonder why and experiment with. Cause it's like, like I have homegirls, we can go out to eat where it's just us and in the food. And we don't need a game on, none of that. We just talking. But it, it can't really do that with a man. <laughs> you yeah, know? I, yeah, like I think well, that's why I think it is. It's just I think it's women about this. I mean, that's like, I mean, that's when we're both now mid-30s. So it's like it's, it's been three decades of being socialized as men to sort of like keep a distance, not be too vulnerable, not open up necessarily. Um, and at this point, I think a lot of guys least our age, you know, married have children. So they may they may, I don't know, they may be using their wife for all those things, like an all purpose, like confidant, main person they talk oh, to. Oh yeah. Main yeah. Thing. And so and so that 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 may lessen how much they depend on their male friends for friendship. And that particularly may get hard as you get older because, you know, it's like if you if you depend on this one person, in this case, I guess the wife for everything, then it's like you know that can be pretty hard on the wife because it's like you know she's she's the wife and the she's the wife and the friend and everything else is like that's a lot of emotional weight to put on one person and I think it's why women in this uh, you know people people sort of like uh, tiss tiss or, or mock women and be on the phone like yeah. But but shoot, that's probably why they live longer, you know. <laughs> <laughs> why they anger and you y'all close up and you know you, you you know that's that's you know they have outlets they have they have a whole sort of culture of like you know talking to each other whether that's even not even necessarily just face to face with through music you know and through, and through literature that you know men I don't, know if, I don't know if we have as much you know uh, and so I think that's why the whole thing of having to do something the idea of like if you go it, it's just, I think it, I think it just goes back to I think it's socialization a lot of it because I feel like if 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 if, we, if men were encouraged from an early age to like really I mean maybe some of it's just like how men relate to each other initially but as boys but also the fact that if you're encouraged to really like just talk about your feelings and acknowledge them and see that as normal and not as weird then it probably would be less of that the things you, 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 you that you talked about right and I should. And I and I also challenge myself sometimes to call more of my male friends. It's a, like I said, it's a small group of male friends that I can actually call and talk to, and it'd be like a long conversation where we're talking about like you know life and things like how we feel, stuff like that. So yeah, it is. Um, it takes um, some due diligence mm-hmm. for sure. But yeah, we get really deep. <laughs> so, <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's pivot uh, back to five. but that but that is a good talking point though because um mm. uh why do we do these and then that because that bleeds into art um mm. you know real life and everyday life and yeah. that's why I, that's why I'm so quick to dismiss a show uh, that would like a male insecure I'm just like it just wouldn't be the same uh, yeah. I mean I hope someone can prove me wrong but I, I think I, I my final I guess <laughs> verdict whatever on it is it it could be the same if they wouldn't do the same emotional work that Issa and her writers were, were, were willing to do with the male characters if they're willing to show them as being you know men, they can still show like guys and all that stuff like that because the girls had that you know, you saw them turn up, but you also saw them turn to each other. <laughs> so if they can do that with guys and do it in a way that resonates with me, and I'm assuming all the characters, most the main characters be street men, I guess, I don't know. Um, if they can do that, 
then I think that uh, quote unquote male version of insecure could work if they if they're willing to show the full spectrum of of of, of these people, which are men, you know, in the same way they did with Issa and Molly. If not, then it wouldn't work because it, it would just be the same old sort of like, you know, not not no shades that those movies I'm about to say like the, like the wood or like the best man to where it's like there's limits to, to, to the to the to the well maybe not well. To at least at least the first movie, the best man. Maybe the, the, the second one, they just kind of push it further, I guess, in terms of the connection between the guys. Oh, yeah, but, I thought that but, first movie was stupid. Like, you fucked my girl in college. Yeah. Oh. You fucked me. <laughs> uh, but um, I mean, but I mean, I get why that would be a sticking point. But I mean, I, I, but, but you know what I mean? Like, there's limits, and those movies, like the, the Wood, uh, Best Man, there's, there's limits to like the to the to the friendship in terms of like how much they actually open up to each other. You know. Mm-hmm. But also that's again, this is Gen X, so that's it's also an age thing. So and so I think if they go if they can if, if they were to do a show like insecure with from a guy's pick if they if they go go beyond that and really talk and really delve into things that we talked about, like then we could do an episode where they say where, where someone the guy when the guy says something like, man, why 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 always have to be doing something for us to talk to each other? Like really just say the right. quiet thing out loud. You know, right. if they if they really wanted to delve into it and, and quote unquote go there, then it could be really good, you know. If they don't, then leave it. And we'll use that to segue to talk about another show. How do you let, let let's like before we even talk about the episode stuff? Because I don't, I'm I admit I'm behind on this season, and you're mm. here. But let's let's use this topic to talk about this show. Do you think Atlanta does a good job of breaking straight boy TV tropes, and also maybe uh, showing like genuine male relationships or progressive male relationships uh i mean Atlanta it's, it's so its own animal it's kind of it's like it on the one hand it, it doesn't like it, it pushes past the whole straight boys show but at the same time it show does revolve around three straight men so there is that um i mean they, i mean some of the episodes like the one where they have the show out of town people had to show at the college and uh the club in the first oh, season yeah. it, 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 it definitely fit the mode of like you know Night, night out guys that out antics so there's that but i think you do have the episodes like woods um teddy perkins um this past episode would earn uh i'm not sure if you watched it yet where they went on a camping trip um no, I seen it. it's, a, it's a good one uh it's really it's a different side of her i would say um so you had these one-off episodes or the one last season with Pepper Boy met, met like this avatar of his mama. Uh, you know, you have the one-off episodes where it's almost like the 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 uh examination is expressed via these like surreal or or individual situations. Because I mentioned Teddy Perkins, that's a strange episode, a serious situation. Oh, wow. Woods I is, hate is, that <laughs> it, it's creepy. But I mean, but Woods is it's like another episode where it's like this strange thing where he looks like he looks like, like a ghost. Uh Alfred does, and like he sort of comes to like a realization so it's like they, they explore the characters and they go beyond the usual tropes uh, about masculinity in a way but like they do it in a way that is very like surreal not not necessarily like naturalistic i think you know so they, they have you have the explorations but it comes via these strange scenarios in some cases it, it does come at, with with uh the guys uh coming upon a woman who explains everything to them so there's that so there's, there's which is a criticism of the show that women are sometimes being used to like be these like mother all knowing figures to help the guys along with their path. So there's that part of it, um, which you know is a fair critique. Um, 
So in the, on one hand, it does fit certain tropes, but then it kind of pushes back against them by having these episodes where the characters are vulnerable or are unsure or, or are depressed, you know, even just with Ern being in therapy and having that whole conversation about why he left Princeton, you know, mm-hmm. that's something that, you know, that's something beyond, he showed in the moment he showed vulnerability, not later on, he showed he needs to be in therapy, but, right. uh, which, which, you know, that's, that's, and, and the fact that obviously the, the reaction of the other, other guys to him, to what he did shows that, you know, maybe in the past, on the past, they'd be like, "Yeah, man, uh, yeah, you, yeah, you got her, whatever." Like, and then they were all celebrated. But like this show, it was like, "Man, you kind of you still mad about that?" <laughs> yeah. So that kind of showed like a, a different, a, a different sort of take on things, maybe. So, uh, I think in some ways it fits into it, particularly in, in how the characters relate to some, to women at times. But in, in other ways, because Van always gets like she's like Van gets like one episode per season to herself, really, and sometimes it's not even about her; it's about you know. Mr. Chocolate. Um, so on one hand, it's, it sort of fits the, the the some of the tropes I've mentioned in the past, but on the other hand, it sort of pushes it back against them by having the characters go on these sort of emotional odysseys in a way. Um, but then and then also, and then the, the moments they, they they relate to each other in a serious way, like um season two, the last episode of season two, where um Ern and uh Darius are talking, and he's, and he's like, you know. I'm trying, I'm really trying to learn. And Darius says, I know he, he I, I see you learning and he sees you learning, but y'all both blacks, y'all both can't fail. So like that whole, they have those moments like that or when they were on the plane and, and when Al says like, you know, I need you around because you give a fuck. Like they, there are moments, but they come at times when, but they don't necessarily come in, in the space of like an everyday conversation. They come at these like, these like <laughs> I mean, that's real life too, because sometimes people, it does take yeah. something big to happen for people to really, Open up to each other, you know. But I, but I, so I think yeah. that's the reality of it, though. What we mm-hmm. what we were talking about, like it takes life changing big yeah. moments. And shit. <laughs> yeah, it's like and yeah. Talk and be like vulnerable and shit. It can't just be like a Saturday afternoon. They're like, hey man, you wanna go get lunch? And mm-hmm. then you open it up talking about you know uh, whatever the fuck. But I do think Atlanta does a good job of showing different sides of like black men, you know, because you got. You know, you got Darius, your weird nigga. Mm. You got Ern, who's like kind of like your uh, kind of like your most, probably your most average male, you know, like just well, nah, because he is kind of asshole, but <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, he's like your typical black male who's like probably like millennial black male who's going through the motions and mm. you know, has a lot of shit going on but doesn't really take the best routes to like um soothe those problems or heal those problems. It's more mm-hmm. so like dumping more trauma on top of trauma. And then you got um uh, you got Paperboy out like it's like and he's he's probably the most complex because he try uh, he is this he is a hood nigga but he he not really like the stereotypical hood nigga and then he had, there's more to him than just that like there is any hood nigga. But I don't know it's just like it's depths of his character that like really like shows like a very confused flawed human being so hmm, it's, 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 it's interesting i'll say that much how they interact uh and it's one of the most rewarding parts of the show because sometimes you're like damn that really how niggas be acting yeah it's like the scene in the, in the second season where they were uh they were talking about waves and tracy was waves, oh was waves yeah and oh like that's, like, that's the conversation <laughs> that, that 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 you wouldn't have had necessarily with a show had it been written by a white dude you know no not at all not at all 
Oh, you want some better? They fifteen dollars up. Fifteen dollars out. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, even with Tracer, Tracer, Tracer reminds me of guys. Those guys that like are always the ones that like that that they're like you know they always got something to say, you know. Mm. And, and but maybe it comes from like a place of like being shut off emotionally, so they always got to be like the one that one of the jokes, you know. Right, right. The, the center of attention, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there, there are nuances there, uh, for sure. So what what do you feel about the, the latest episodes of the show? Do you feel like they're delivering? You feel like oh we feel like you feel like we're gonna get a rewarding ending to this show? Uh I mean Mr. Chocolate was funny. That was a good satire. Um and the camp episode was really like, you know, it was really like a like a little emotional family drama in a way. And it was uh, it really was affecting more than I thought it would be, especially, you know, with Earn at the center. Because I mean it's usually Earn throughout the show has been pretty closed off. Emote as a character, but is that episode he really you know uh, opened up, uh, and so is that I thought that was a good episode. This past one uh, they, they took a, a big detour. Uh, basically, it's like a a, a mockumentary or a pseudo documentary about the making of a goofy movie, uh, which, <laughs> I, which I didn't. Which I full disclosure, I think I maybe I saw it once when it came out or, or twice. It's not one that I watched a lot, but apparently, you know, but apparently, you know, it's, it's a movie that has been widely knowledge as being about um a black father and, and, a, and a black son going on a trip, uh, and they they try they sort of use that reputation that it has to go on this uh, documentary about uh, the guy who made it and his and what he wanted to say with the movie. It's you know, it's not a true story, but they but they really they really make it feel like a true story. Uh, and it was it was interesting. It definitely it hit some notes, and, and it, I can see why people would apply that to. Uh, I mean, did you think the Goofy movie was was a black movie, quote unquote? When it came yeah, out, I think that what the Goofy movie. Um, no, I think there's some <laughs> niggas just made up. Like, I, I mean, it had like, um, like power. What's the nigga name? Powerline. I think so. Oh, yeah. Was that the song? Yeah, well, I don't know. I but no, I wouldn't make that shit no corner to the black movie. Because it's yeah. like, is the Lion King a black movie? <laughs> yeah. No. Rick I don't know. But, <laughs> well, I think they were saying, like, I guess the way the, that Goofy was presented historically, and also the, the fact, and then in, in this movie, it seemed like it was, they, they really was, they were, I guess people latched onto that idea. I mean, because at a certain point, I know more than a few black gay men that look at that, they could be like, mm, I recognize them. <laughs> really? <laughs> mm-hmm. Side as alone, yeah. <laughs> oh shit, that he, he does remind me of a person I would talk about mm-hmm. later. But yeah, uh-huh. he. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I get I can get it to a point because I I, 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 when someone said it about Daffy Duck, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> uh, but uh, so I get it with this, even though I didn't watch a goofy, a goofy movie a lot as a kid, and so it, it basically just takes on this whole sort of documentary idea and 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 whole question of like black art and it being sort of like watered down and how how someone deals with success and, and the way that it can hurt a person and it, it went into all that so it, it was an interesting look at at, at at it was an interesting episode hmm. uh, as a how we're in because at this point we got two episodes left so uh, I hope that it, this is the last detour I want the last episode episode, last two episodes to be about the four you know the four main characters so uh, that's I my feel like a time jump I feel like why should we do a time jump yeah maybe I don't know <laughs> I feel like at um, some point, I feel like at some point, uh, I don't know if they they'll show it, but they need to. I mean, because he, he on the on the camping episode, Earn 
uh, talks to Van about moving to LA for this new job he has. And at some point, I would think him and Al he's had that conversation because that's a big change. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Two episodes, man. That's I can't believe it's over, but I'm glad it's ended because it's like, I mean, everybody's like a star now, and then it's just it's just time. Sometimes you gotta mm-hmm. know when it's when it's time to go. I, I almost feel like it could have ended season two, but still had a lot of story to tell, I guess. Mm. But um, each season is distinct in its own way. Uh, I, I still feel like season two might be the goat, though. Mm. Yeah, season two is, is definitely holds up. Uh, I like season one a lot. Season one is probably the lightest of them. <laughs> uh, for sure. Yeah, I feel like I, I don't have, at least for me, I don't have enough distance from season three yet to really look back on it and see like how it stacks up to the other ones. Mm. Yeah, it came. It went. <laughs> I'm glad it went. I, yeah, <laughs> I would say, like I said, maybe I feel differently a couple of years from now looking back at it, but like, because, you know, going back to Mad Men, you know, I haven't watched season six in a while, but at the time, I do remember thinking it was a, it was like a slog, not because it was bad necessarily, but it's just because like watching, basically you were, watch, you were watching Don double down like on his worst behavior and it's like oh damn get it together but maybe i will feel differently now but i don't know but like see what's in with season three since it was but atlanta it was, it was such a departure that maybe you know give it time to look back on it maybe i can appreciate it more at the time watching living watching i was just like i admired the the creative uh i admired the the, the creative ambition but it wasn't always enjoyable to watch as the first two seasons mm. or this season that's fair. Mm-hmm. So all in all, we just sit back and wait to see how this season of Atlanta ends, and then time will tell the story. Is Atlanta one of the greatest shows of all time? Because hard to put it's hard to put Atlanta in a genre, really. It's a comedy, but it's I mean, is it a dramedy? Is it I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's kind of yes, yeah, kind of its own special creation to quote um Damn, who was that from Paris is Burning? I forgot. But she but she said it. But, but yeah, it's his own thing. It's his own animal. Mm. Yes, yes, it is. Also, speaking of own animals, um, let's talk to music and go to Rihanna. The comeback is in the works. She's headlining the Super Bowl. So when you headline the Super Bowl, you have to have a rollout of sorts. Um I didn't listen to the song. And I'll tell you why. When I saw the title, I was like, mm. Mm. Then I saw the art. I said, mm. And then by the time I got ready to listen to the song, I heard it was on the soundtrack to Blood Panther 2, and I just lost all it. Because <laughs> this is not this is not gonna be on R7 or whatever the fuck it's uh <laughs> You know, tentatively called. It's like I'm, I'm like, ah, it's the star real single. So I'm not interested. Then I heard people complaining about it because, oh, it's a ballad. Oh, <laughs> um, what is this? You know, and I'm just like, you know, I'm gonna skip this and gonna wait for the good stuff to get here. Mm. What do you think? Uh, I listened to it twice. I think, well, at least two, probably at least twice though, maybe three times. Um, it's fine. You know, it's it's it's. Uh, I mean, I pre- I know I appreciate the in the video she needs to be paying homage or tribute to Chadwick Boseman, which is great. 
Um, but as far as on the physical level, I mean, it's okay. You know, it's it's not mm-hmm. even even among her bows, I wouldn't put it up there with uh take a bow or or like stay, you know. Um which I I, I when it comes to Rihanna, I tend, I tend to prefer her either up tempo or mid tempo and stuff to, to her uh ballads. But yeah, I mean it's fine, you know, that's all it's, I mean it's just which uh maybe that's even worse than saying I hate it, but I mean it's pretty much it is it's 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 fine. It's it's okay. <laughs> okay. I I also think that people's I was talking to a friend about this. I don't think people, I think Rihanna has gotten so big as a brand and as an artist that she's in this place where people expect everything she does to be epic or good or life-changing. And to, and to be honest, I feel like, have y'all been following Rihanna's career? Because like all her songs are great. Like, <laughs> like she has great songs, but like there was a moment where Rihanna was a machine. And she mm-hmm. was dropping like so many albums with so many singles that it was like, you didn't like all of them, but you had your favorites. So mm-hmm. I'm like, why are y'all acting brand new? But I, I think it's the, the absence of her. Yeah. The ab- yeah, the absence of her just reaching this new stratosphere because she left on such a high note with um mm-hmm. anti. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like people craving and people just they just want to hear her again. So it's it's interesting. Yeah, I think yeah, because her profile now is so elevated. Like you know, it's, she's like not just Rihanna. She's like you know, Bad Girl Riri and and the whole just Fenty. Has, yeah, Fenty she has yeah, Mother. Yes, the whole yeah. Now the new Fenty show I think is coming out soon. She's gonna have that's the whole deal too. So it's like she's a she's like yeah, she's like she like you said she's so big and she's so famous and she's so like such a a presence that when she releases a new song. It's like you know. She's back, and it's been and like it's been six years, and so people have been waiting for something from her, and so whatever it is, it was gonna be met with something. It would have had just been out and out terrible for people to be like, "Oh, this ain't it," you know. And and like I said, it's it's a fine ballad. It's not it's not this is something I would go back to, but it's but it's enough for people to be like, oh, "Okay," you know. To, it's enough to like keep people uh interested, right? And, mm. and yeah, like we like I said, it's just it's just the the level she's on now. Cause like I said, Rihanna used to release albums so much that hearing a bad Rihanna or song, a Rihanna song you didn't like wasn't nothing. Like outside of her navy, her her, her stands, it was be like, mm, you know, eh, Rihanna got a new album. Okay, all right. You know, I I do like that single, but you know, it wasn't like a bad. It it wasn't like something it, people didn't have ex- such high expectations, nor were they feeling hurt if they heard a Rihanna song that they just didn't connect with. Where, so I'm because, like, yeah, because it was so quick. Because I mean, like, music of the sun was 05, then girl like me was in 06. Then the big image turn happened with girl, 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 girl gone bad. Then you had uh, next up, ready all. That was another big image turn given certain events that happened. Um, and then you had loud, which is like really bright and poppy. And then you had talk that talk was more, the more, had a bit of a more messy in terms of like the image and the attitude. Uh, and then you had, I think that was, and then you had, was it 2012 she did something? Or I think that was a, a big gap between releases for a while, I think, after that. Um, and then you had, of course, Anti, which was like her, sort of her grown-up album, in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it all then, came together with Anti. Mm-hmm. That, um, was, that was the first Rihanna album I listened to, like, front to back. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so, I, yeah, I think, I think, because the, because, because she, I mean, that's, that you think about it, that's, 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 that's a, 
uh, a, pro, uh, a lot of uh, things to go to because, like you said, like I said, Girl Gone Bad, like big pop moment, really are sort of like a darker turn, a more aggressive turn, then loud return, a big bright pop, then talk that talk of like a, a kind of like I said, a, a bit of a messiness, a bit more of attitude to it, and and then you got anti, which is like sort of like again, you know, grown up woman returning. I guess she, she was about to turn thirty at that point, so it's just like that's a lot of images or a lot of stuff to like live through or like uh, like go through uh and so now i guess the question is like what what is the who, who are we getting with this next whatever this next project is you know yeah i like i like the idea of the surprise that's why i didn't listen to it because i was, i just it was just all the signs came to me that maybe i wouldn't find this to be my cup of tea, so I just avoided it. And I, I maybe I, I hear it one day. I mean, I'll probably hear it before the Super Bowl, but right now I just don't have a desire to listen to it because I know it just might not be what I want to hear from her right now. Like, I want to hear some shit like, like, um, uh, what's the shit called? Like, woo, like the shit on anti savage yeah. shit like that. I want to hear that, yeah. like, upbeat Rihanna. Like, yeah. that's what oh, I want to hear. Oh, Unapologetic was, was the album after Talk That Talk that came out in 2012. Okay. So then, yeah. <laughs> Okay, so so for after unapologetic, it was a, a gap to anti. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, anti didn't come out until um, shoot, 2016. 20, 20 yeah, 2016, 2017, yeah. Mm-hmm. And she had features here and there like wild thoughts and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, loyalty. Yeah, right. But by, by that point, mm-hmm. she was. She, but by that point, she was full on. It was full on bag or riri at that point. You mm-hmm. know? Yep. She she hit that next level mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm happy to see it. I, it's, I, I, you know what's weird though like you said when she hit that bad girl Riri uh, moment I started seeing people get real unrealistic with like wanting to hear new music from her they was like oh girl when the album coming it was like yo actually I came out like two years ago like, <laughs> like relax <laughs> I, I, I think I don't know is, is it something that happens at a, at a point especially because I would say if 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 after four Beyonce became like an album artist or tour. Rihanna was always like a singles artist. Like it was mm-hmm. like album out, single, 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 new album, single, 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 single. You know, and then and then like you know you had that gap after Unapologetic when when Anti came out. It was still, you know, she was always known for like putting pumping out singles, not necessarily like not necessarily taking that full on like album or tour, not radio necessarily radio friendly stuff that was Beyonce started to do. And so I think people expect, expect that that pace is to, to pick back up maybe when Anti came out, and so the, so the fact that she took she's after Anti and after like a few features she's kind of was like went away into or went into business mode. I think that probably would increase the sort of like the uh, the myth of it maybe maybe so because I think if like if you were you know if you were like really really young when 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 uh, when Good Girl Good Girl Gone Bad came out, then you sort of like you were there. But you weren't there. Like we were there. Like we were we were in college in our early twenties when that came out. But like if you were like 10 years younger than that, then like you kind of heard about it, but you didn't really see it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I get what you're saying. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. It's just amazing to me how big she is. Like I like mm-hmm. like when take about no, when Umbrella happened, that was kind of like, oh, it's like, mm-hmm. okay, you're a, you're like a pop star now. Yeah, you really, and you I really, like Give it a new cut and a new Fifi Dobson style. Mm-hmm. And then the Chris Brown scandal was like, man, how does, how does, like, you didn't even want to think about her career, but you was like, what happens after this? 
And then she, you know, she get, came up with mm-hmm. like a new image and she still was successful. But like that, that, that window from unapologetic to anti, it's just like, it just, it just grew. And she just became like this, this entity. Like, cause it, it's, it's harder to track than Beyonce. Cause I was talking to somebody about Beyonce today. You saw it in 3D, but it had so many, it had points to where it was like, like, like I tell, like I told my friend, everything Beyonce did before she became like this uh, demigod, <laughs> it was there were moments of failure. You know, it wasn't always like Carmen the Hip Hopper. wasn't really, <laughs> was it really a win? You know what I'm saying? Put a beside it. Well, work, work it out the single. Was it bad? But it wasn't really well received. Like people thought it would be. Yeah, they, uh, people forget about that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, the, uh, upset was was a flop, and like it did, now it's just memes. <laughs> you know, it almost <laughs> like it didn't happen. <laughs> like, well, I will so, say, with, with Rihanna, you know, I mean, the first albums did okay. Like, like you had, um, you had music of the sun with Pondry Play, and you had um, girl like me. You had um, what was that song? SOS, and then another one. Um, what's this? Uh, shoot, they kind of like a piano ballad or something. I forgot what it. Um, but like, I mean, she had songs, but like you think about it, you know, I think had she not made that dramatic, dramatic switch in sound and image with, with Girl Gone Bad, had she continued that in that mode she had from the first two albums, I understand no if she if she would have like lasted because that that persona that she got, the image that she had, I joke that she you know that they kind of took from Fifi Dobson, but you know, that 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 image that she that she crafted, that that sort of mix mix of like Punk attitude, rock attitude, but still with like a glamour girl sort of sort of sort of feel to it, and music being more more popish than the first two albums. That really like pushed it to the next level. Had she not done that, I think she would have, you know, plateaued. So it, it wasn't necessarily those first two albums weren't necessarily commercial figures, but they weren't necessarily like the breakthrough of like, ah, oh, it's Rihanna, she's arrived, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I say yeah. Overall, I, I would say yeah. A bit more stops and starts with Beyonce's career. Oh, if you keep it solely to music, um, yeah. That I think people forget that first single, "Work It Out," didn't really didn't didn't uh, do, do do too well. Maybe, but then you people say, "Oh, it was a soundtrack single." But yeah, it was telling her first, like her first solo single, right? Um, and so even um even check up on it was like it was good, but it just it didn't have like no long term like. I mean, mm, went number one, like, I think. <laughs> Yeah, it did, but it was like it was it, it was like one of them forgettable kind of number one. Like it, just, it didn't, it wasn't. I, I told my friend like when Beyonce really turned the corner to be like a pop star, like larger than life was that that fucking single ladies video and song. I still don't know what it was about that video that just. I, mean, I, I don't I mean, know. <laughs> well, I mean, number one, number one is is really well done. So like a, a one shot of a routine that's like you know it's like. It's, it's really, I think it's a really well done video, and I think it's probably one of the last times that you saw video choreography catch on, and in beyond just the beyond just the video, beyond just the fans, you know. I remember Sex and City too, even though they related to the party, they they put they had that in Sex and City too with Liza Minnelli <laughs> did it with two dancers in that movie. Um, and like it was, I think it was, I can't think of a time. I mean, trying, I, I can't think of like, I mean, I guess you have that whole. I mean, you have little dance challenges now that take off here and there, but as far as like a pop star doing a dance choreography and having people imitate that, I think it's probably like right. the last. I know. That's probably that was the last before time. Like, going 
going viral. Right. It's it's like if you if you were to go in a club and that song came on now and you did the choreography, people would know what you do would know what you were doing. It's like if 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 uh if came on from Janet and you start doing the people still people know it. And so I think that was, that was a big part of what why the song worked. And and like I said in, in the in the video, this was was really you know, it was a really great video, you know. Uh uh so I think that's why it, it, it pushed it up, both the combination of the choreography, which you know Jay said, um, and then but also just like the video itself this was really well done. And I think uh I guess it just was like a, a moment where things like pushed a little bit higher for her. Uh and then I, to me, when she really became, you know. We call it demagogue. Uh, was uh was a self title. That's when she really like went up another notch. Oh yeah, self title took it to another level. Um, it, it's yeah, cause like it's like crazy in love established that she was like, like for real, like okay, like you got a big ass hit, girl. This is it. Then she won like what the four or five Grammys. So it was like, yeah, you're you're a star. But you still haven't really crossed over yet. And then like crazy, not not crazy love, but then like um single ladies and Sasha Fierce, that was like that was the album that made her like global icon. Yeah, to me it's like her up, that was like her up poppiest. Right. And then Subtitle came and showed that she was like, okay, like, like this is like she's like she 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 in the upper she in the upper echelon now. Like then mm-hmm. that's when you start hearing six stuff. Yeah, she looked up with like Mike probably now. Like, like, mm-hmm. like he just started getting like that's when the demigod status kind of like took shape because it's like, all right. Yeah, because it was, I mean, because it was like, and it, I think that some of that was, I think it was largely earned because I mean, because four, even though it was a really great album, it was like a, a, a downstep as far as the commercial appeal of it. Um, you know, she wasn't sort of at the forefront uh, with that album, but then with self titled. She really like it was both like the way it was released, like the drop out of nowhere, but also like the combination of the, the music itself was like more like uh progressive and like left leaning and like and like not as mainstream sounding. And then also all the visuals, you know. Mm-hmm. And then Lemonade really like really like cap really like proved like I guess quote unquote could she could she do it again and then she did it again. Then between that, between Baychella and then, you know. Uh, now Renaissance is like it make you know it, people can debate whether you know her Michael I don't whatever <laughs> but uh uh but she she in terms of like being the person of her generation among pop artists or or you know artists in general she has definitely earned uh, that spot. <laughs> I just feel like people have to bring up other artists who like I I know you don't really watch basketball like that but it's kind of like. Michael Jordan and a lot of people who who didn't win rings because of mm-hmm. him. It's mm-hmm. the same thing with Beyonce, but you can't. But with sports, it's like definite, like it's finite. Like mm-hmm. you didn't win, Michael Jordan mm-hmm. won. Mm-hmm. But and music, people create these narratives that like, oh, if this person would have done this, then you know, like like the whole like the Aaliyah thing, or if Aaliyah didn't die. Uh, yeah, I, I'm just like, uh, I don't know because they, they, yeah, they're around the same age, but they were two different artists. Two like different a, artists. Like a Lee was all, it was all like, to me, Lee was almost like as close to her, but I guess you could kind of Khalees maybe, but Lee was like as close to Goth as R&B would probably get. <laughs> and, you know? and to be honest, I told my friend this too. Aaliyah kind of peaked at like a young age. Like, I, I want to say she had already, but I know it's unfortunate to say because she died. But she hit her apex, like 
very early. Like it's always felt after after those two albums, it kind of felt like she was just maintaining like that. It, it like she wasn't. I don't want to say this while sounding like I, I did, but it wasn't like she was really elevating. It's more so she hmm. was like riding that momentum. And I think with Aaliyah, the subtitle album, it's a good album, hmm. but it went to another stratosphere when she died. I think if she if she lived, people would be like, "Oh, that's a good that's a good Aaliyah album." But is it better than, you know, her first two albums? I don't um, know. I don't think people uh, would say that. I, maybe. I mean, uh, yes. I think. Uh, I think with her, um, like, because I think when you know, fortunately before she passed, she was kind of going into a new phase because you know up to that point she had been very tomboyish, and so right. then with Aaliyah, she was really sort of like sort of like show more of a softer feminine edge to herself still but still with a bit of like a quirk like you know with the snakes and with the you know right. with the sort of like a darker image uh with like we need a resolution in particular mm-hmm. um uh, at that so it would have been interesting to see how she sort of progressed as the years went on because i don't think she would her be honest they weren't in the same lane then and then it definitely would have been wouldn't have been in the same lane uh had she lived because you know you think of Beyonce's first al- solo album it's like that is not there's no Aaliyah in that there's no no yeah and what Aaliyah was doing was not what was not what Beyonce and Destiny's Child were doing in 01 it's like they, they were two separate lanes and I think Aaliyah probably I feel like Aaliyah would have been leaning more into what you see uh Rihanna which, uh, Scissor, uh or like a or like a Summer Walker or like a or like a um a, a bit of a, a more or like a Khalees but a bit more of like a mainstream edge to it, or or like you know she would have like she still would I think she still would have been like left of center, and 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 but and and would have done things that were more uh, or Solange you know like like that you know like a precursor to some things that some of the things that Solange has done maybe not as as overly political necessarily, but you know I think she her path wouldn't have been Beyonce's path. No, it's, she lost. Like saying it's, it's like some people she say, "Well, what did you say?" It's like people were saying, "Oh, she would have biggie would have lived. Jay Z would have been shit." Like, uh, you know, yeah, right, both, both, like, both both New York, both Brooklyn, but like two different dudes, you know. People history wagons all these like I remember now. Now that my friend was telling me, now people are talking about. I, well, I hate to say people because it's probably just some niggas on Twitter, but <laughs> it was talked to like, oh, if Irv Gotti didn't sabotage the Shanti career, then the Shanti would have been. It's like stop it, uh-uh. stop. Uh, I mean, a shot. You know, Heathcliff aside, that's what, that's what I call him. Um, if if, if Earth Guy, no Earth Guy, Ashanti just was to me. They always marketed her wrong. Looking back, because at the time, the whole thing, her whole thing, they were trying to the whole thing that she always cited interviews. She always cited Mary a lot as influence, which I mean, not. That, I mean, if she influenced, I, I get that. That's you know, that's who she listened to. But in terms of like her her voice and her like appeal, like she wasn't Mary. Like, like she had. I mean, she just she she her whole thing was very like pop oriented, pop friendly. She was more to me. She was more similar, more similar to Christina Milian than uh, a Mary J. Blige or even a Leah. Like she just had her whole. Her, her, she's very just like she comes. She comes across as just very just regular, like a regular girl who just you know. That's, sings, that's sings, kind sings, of like that was. Do what she does. Yeah, like yeah, you know, she's, the princess, she's not, the regular she, girl with rappers. Like a, She's not, she's not like a tortured soul or whatever. You know, like she's not, she doesn't like a, she doesn't have like a, a huge inner turmoil like Mary does. Or if she does, she she does, she does a better job of like of like of like hiding that or like not coming forth with that. 
Uh, she's not mysterious the way Aaliyah was. Like she just, she yeah. And then she and yeah, Beyonce. She yeah. And Beyonce, you know, Beyonce steps on stage. Whatever you think of Beyonce, Beyonce steps on stage. Just like, shoo, you know, with Ashanti's like, hey, all right, girl, what we doing? We yeah, we all right, we vibing. Like, it's, 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 it's just different. It's just it's just different. That's all. Nothing. There's no shade in that. It's just it's just different. Like right. Is and that's just the reality. And I just don't know why people make these alternate realities. You know, but like, oh well. I, I don't, <laughs> the only thing I will give credence to. And some of the Khalees stuff. And I won't say Beyonce. I mean, when you get to edgy Beyonce, sometimes it does kind of come off as like a great value Khalees. Cause cause I remember like if you think about like Bossy and some of the other shit Khalees did, some of the time like like Beyonce with the rapid or with like the when she owned the eight oh eights, it kinda do give like cheap Khalees shit sometimes. Like I, I'm not a fan of like um swag in my in my bag Beyonce because sometimes the shit be kind of corny <laughs> but with Khalees the shit was like she just she just cooler than Beyonce and, it, and that's fine I, I, and, I, 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 and I think it's a lot of women that, that are cooler than, I think Rihanna's way cooler than Beyonce mm-hmm. like Beyonce is an auntie to me and a lot of times mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I think yeah well I think yeah well, I think with Khalees uh, she definitely was, was uh you know Certain contracts that she signed and things like that didn't didn't help her uh, in terms of like her progression of her career. But I also think she just you know she 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 prefigured a lot of a lot of the things that people are doing now with the with the, with the you know with the sort of whole alternative you know aesthetic mm-hmm. and, and things like that. Like things you've seen Solange do since then, but SZA has done and Bossy. I think Bossy really really mm-hmm. I, I really think Bossy an underrated track. I think that shit really like a lot of shit started sounding like Bossy after that. Yeah, like, even people, and the even way people, people talking shit on that, ah oh, man. Yeah, even people like Dochi or things like that that, that people also come out since then. Like, they, they, you could see the 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 lineage from from Khalees to them, you know. Oh, but you I can't. think also, I think I think a lot of people when people say like, oh, if, if this had happened, this right, this person would be on. I think it comes from just it comes from them not necessarily like uh, uh, caring for Beyonce or or just one right. them just one just like, you know. Uh, them, them not being uh converts going back to the demagogue imagery <laughs> you know so it's like they 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 want they did that whoever their fave was they didn't become the one of that generation so they they, they want to create alternative narratives to where oh if this happened man she wouldn't be up there like she is like and it's and who said they, they, they're they 100 wrong necessarily because there's a lot that goes into making a quote-unquote icon you know it, it takes luck it takes uh, a lot of it takes a lot of things that aren't tangible. Like it, it yeah. takes some luck. It takes yeah. timing. It takes a lot of shit. And then my thing is, these people still have successful, great careers. Like it's nothing wrong with being number two or number three or number four or number five. Like there's a reason why you can have Walmart next to a Target or mm-hmm. you know a Burger King down the street mm-hmm. from McDonald's. It still doesn't cheap. Niggas still go eat McDonald's. Niggas still <laughs> go eat Burger King. What's wrong with everybody winning? <laughs> why we gotta have this one? Just, it, why does it have no, to be that goes back to capitalism and success and everything else is like you know it gotta you, everybody gotta be number one everybody gotta be the one and people and, and it goes to you know celebrity and people seeing uh celebrities as avatars themselves if your fave is the one then maybe you feel like you can be the one you know in, in a way um and that, you know, i think it comes back to that really is people want the person to be they they, they want their artists are the person that they relate to the most to be like elevated and, and to and to get and to be that person. 
and if they feel like right. the person, and if, and if they feel like that the person that is that person isn't isn't deserving, then you know, they they tend to. Uh, I mean, I see that a bit uh, a bit with uh, Madonna as well. Like that, some people will say, you know, oh, Cindy Lauper, she's way better singer than her, which true. Uh, but uh, but also, and they or like I say, oh, oh Anne Lynx, Anne Lynx, she, she should be, she should have that career, or oh. or, De- or Debbie Harry, she should have, you know, you know, like you now people go through these different scenarios, and it's like you know. Those women, all those women are talented, and some of them are te- on technical level better singers. But you know, Madonna is Madonna. You know, uh, Janet is Janet. People, you know, people say you know, people love Jordy Watley, and then people love um, uh, other singers that came out in that period. Uh, but Janet is Janet. She became, that, you know, that figure. Yeah. Yeah, I think like you look at the '90s, it was able. It was like the diva era. Like everybody ate. Like you had Whitney still there. You had the rise of Tony. You had uh, Mariah. You know, every it was more. It was a seat at the table for everybody. But it's something about the 2000s that turned people into this. Oh, only you were like just. I don't. It's weird. I don't understand. Like the '90s was just. Different and am I crazy? And another thing is, people still were able to be stars when doing Beyonce's reign. You still had Alicia Keys. You still had um. <laughs> hold on, I don't, oh, wait, hold on. I got sidetracked. Who else? Mm. Uh, Mary still, Mary was still able to put out hits and albums. Um, Brandy made a comeback. Monica had you know her moment when she came back as a grown woman. Mm. It, it, people were still able to, and then Rihanna, like Rihanna is like, I mean, you ask some, like Rihanna is like right there with Beyonce to some people. So it's Doja Cat, so like she's in that stratosphere of you know the the girls, the top of the bottom of the girls. So Meg, even though she's a rapper, but you know it's. Mm. Uh, like other- I said, <laughs> I, like I, said I, I think people want their fate. The first thing they, they they love the most to be the most uh, commercially successful. Uh, I think that's what it is, and just the fact that they they didn't necessarily care for the person who is the most. Yeah, they don't like successful. us. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I keep saying it. We it was our first episode. I feel like like Mariah in in, in around Glitter Time, she got to just have that have that bomb, have that flop. Like a, and and have one that's that's that can't be glossed over like like you mentioned work it out or, or obsessed like it it just has to, it she just got to have something come out and it, it does not do well and then all of a sudden people that that hated her so much be like oh man when she gonna come back and then she come back like oh we love her now you know it's perverse but you know it's too late she's yeah. too big to fail I, I mean well oh. it don't even it don't be too big to fail it could be it, it may even be like a um. This would be a left field reference, but like a, a Garth Brooks situation, <laughs> where like uh you know he he went away for a very long time, put singles out here and there, collaborations here and there, then he came back, and then he you know people maybe who, who maybe didn't care for him during his like his his epic years, um you know were excited to see him again, so it could be that with mm. her too. I just I don't know. Because like Cause he, cause he, never, he, never, he never really fell off either. I mean, even that one album he did, like Chris Gaines album, it, it, even though it was a weird, a oh, weird woman, when and he was got in for it, he, it was it was still in like double platinum, you know? Right. Mm. Yeah. Music, man. Oh, last note on the music, uh, the Scissor song. What did you think? You saw the video. Well, so give yeah. me your thoughts on the song and video. 
Uh, songs good. Uh, familiar topics. You know, side chick uh pains and things like that. Uh, video is interesting. I had to watch a couple of times that uh, before the show. Uh, I think it's with Keith Stanfield in there. You know, it's it's it's, it's um definitely some imagery going on, like you know them being shooters and being in, in this like destructive pair, like of uh, this destructive relationship. Uh, that's what it seems to be like. A, she's basically um. It's like ride or die, and they're literally going around shooting folks. But then at some point, he like she bleeds out. And he like and he like drives away, and like her spirit comes, and like she kind of she like has her has her vengeance, and she kills off like her old self. And it's like it's 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 interesting. It's, it's definitely an interesting videos. One that you probably will watch more than once, which is saying something for this current era when everybody's attention span is so short. So uh, good for her. Um, I hope this isn't the last. Hope this is the case, like like it was in twenty twenty, where we got a uh, hit different, and then I think it was what was the good days, and then we didn't hear from her for about this is this is the first thing we got from her in, in at least what six to eight months ago. So uh, I hope that that you know this is like the precursor to like the album or whatever is coming. I hope there isn't a, a long gap between this and the next thing. Hmm. Hmm. I I like the song, but I haven't seen the video. But it, to me, I I couldn't get excited for because I just I don't know what's gonna come next. Like remember, because um, what was it? Truth hurt? Not truth hurt. What was the name of? What was the single? A song by by SZA. Yeah, they I came hate, out. Hate you. I hate, hate you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was yeah, January. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like it's hard to like maybe this leading to something. I don't know, but. I like the. I don't think the song is bad, but I have to listen to it again. But um, it's, it's like when is the project coming? Like I'm, mm. I, I don't want to be one of those fans, but it, it's still kind of like okay, like. But yeah, it's it's, 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 it's just it's just disorienting because it's sort of like where is it leading to? Like that's that's my thing. It's like I said because like Hit Different came out in 2020. Then I think Good Day came out. I think I think the end of 2020, maybe early 2021. I think, and so you had that, and you had this long gap until uh. Until January, until uh, and then I think she did, you know, I think she, she did uh, kiss me more with uh, Doja Cat and some other stuff, but like, and then but then you had a long gap until you got to the to uh, hate you, which didn't even, that didn't even get, even get a video at, and that was at, in January because remember they had like the hate you challenge, whatever it was on, on TikTok for a minute, um, I think, and so yeah, so then you had like a long gap, and now we got uh, this song, we got uh, uh, what's it called? <laughs> Sorry, uh, Sorry. Shirt, yeah, you got a shirt. Uh, so now it's like, okay, it's it's it's, it's you know, good song. Like I said, the video is definitely one you want to watch more than once just to get take everything in. Uh, but it's just like, okay, is is something else coming in in two months, six months, eight months? Like you know, what's going, you know, what's happening? Like you know, so yeah, I, I get what you mean. Like it's like I, I like it, but then like, is this a, this is all part of the same project? Like what's what's going on exactly? You know, right. I like I, when I found out about the video. Like, how long is the video? Is it like a movie? Oh, it's, it's like, like like as long as as long as the song. It's not. It's not a long. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one last moment, Scissor. What the fuck is going on with you and plastic surgery? Like, I, I, when I saw her, I was like, wait, is that Scissor? Like, <laughs> like I don't, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Oh, to me, uh, she looks about the same to me. Actually, I mean, maybe she got some a little bit of something done, but I, uh, she I been she been fucking with her nose and her chair. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, 
Yeah, because I mean, I mean, I guess, well, I guess it's not too obvious because I, I didn't really catch on to it. But yeah, oh, yeah, I mean, her nose looked a little bit round. But I thought that was, I thought that was contouring. I didn't know if that was actual surgery. Not that it, I mean, it's, it's her nose. She do what she want with it, you know. But right, but do your thing, baby. Just, just don't, just end up, you know, looking like little Kim, which is, mm. you know, sad in its own way. Well, it is mm. sad. Mm. But um, yeah, it's it, she, TDE got to have somebody keep the lights on, so. I mean, yeah, but she well, if they do they got I mean they gotta get that schedule together because I mean you know this is this is entering no money territory, which mm, my girl. Mm-mm. What's going on? But <laughs> you know. Yeah. So I, mean, I don't know. She they just she just that quick no money thing. Like, like they just I mean, they get momentum and it it just it just goes away, it just like shoo. Like, but, you know, I, and I don't get why, but. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, she got so. the got the goods, but I just, I don't know. I don't, you know, I don't know why they, what, what the holdup is, I guess, but, you know. I don't know neither. I don't know, but I hope it's something within this year. Because you would have thought they would have piggybacked off of just being Kendrick last album and had like, okay, Schoolboy, you go. Abso, you go. You know, Scissor, you last because you the you the you the biggest star we got. So mm. yeah, mm. but uh, yeah, hopefully, we'll you know, yeah, hopefully we'll see, see what uh, we'll, we'll, hopefully you know it, it will it won't be another eight months or well ten months really between the next this and the next release. So, but yeah. I, I so let's uh let's take it home. Uh, this was a good episode. We got really deep, had some great uh, dialogue about feelings, men, vulnerability, et cetera, et cetera. And yeah, I hope y'all listen to the whole thing. If not, thank you for sticking with it as long as you could. Um, come back for more. Once again, I am Robert Brown, aka Uptown Bobby. And I'm Kay Clark. And yeah, thank y'all, man. Thank y'all for supporting the show. And and we really mean it. You know, we do this between, you know, work and school and family and just trying to survive in this world. So thank y'all for taking the time out to listen. And once again, keep your eyes open, your eyebrows raised and your mouth closed because you need to be listening. (laughs) And come back. Enjoy. Be safe. Bye. Bye.